You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here next to me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, You know, it's one of those weeks. (laughs) It is one of those weeks. There's no no getting around it. it. It's unfortunate. It's disappointing. And I know there were people questioning, do you guys... Do you do a show? You know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't like. We don't like talking to coaches and players after a defeat. You know, we don't do the interviews no. then, but we don't just completely abandon. Like we don't jump ship and be like, no show this week. Right. There's still right. a show. We still want to recap the game. Right. We're not the Auburn football Twitter account. <laughs> we, we or the Buffalo Bills Twitter account. Ooh, shots fired. Shots fired. Yeah, take that. <laughs> Maybe don't uh, celebrate a victory before the clock say zero. <laughs> but that was a ridiculous game. It was very ridiculous, and uh, it had me saying all kinds of things to you via text. Well, it's funny because I the ups and downs, and, and I told you like I was just sitting there, like you know, kind of eating popcorn because like I, I don't know, I found myself kind of like I don't say wanting the Vikings to win because I, I didn't really want them to. I wanted the Vikings to lose, but like. At the same time, I kind of like see them come back all that way. Like it was, it was, it was entertaining, but I right. really didn't have, I really didn't have like one position or another in that game. I was just kind of sitting there watching it. In reality, hoping the Vikings would lose because that was better for my team, like the team I root for. Um, but like watching it, it was it, definitely entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it was entertaining for sure. Uh, College football was entertaining yesterday, too. Penn State got a huge win against yeah. one of the teams that I really don't like in Maryland. They joined James a, Franklin. They, they join a Maryland list fans. that includes Rutgers, Temple, and Pitt. Although so, you were never the coach in waiting at, at Maryland no, like James was. Franklin was. so I've also never condoned or encouraged people to not shake the opponent's hand. Oh, gosh. One of the yes. biggest, like, I can't believe that just happened moments ever. Yeah. But um, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, all of that aside, I'm glad. Well, and the Eagles didn't play today. They play tomorrow. They so they get tomorrow, to yeah. draw out my anxiety from the weekend <laughs> yeah, through, through it, Monday night. Spread it out over a right. few days rather than, you know, getting it right, all Right. Like last on, weekend, on it was, they ripped that Sunday. Band-Aid off early. So right. Yeah, early enough. But right then we were reeling from a World Series defeat. Right, exactly. And now we're just reeling from the end of the Wilson football season in 2022, unfortunately. And once again, you know, we mentioned it multiple times over the last few weeks, uh, at the hands of the Harrisburg Cougars, who have just become a real thorn in the side of the Wilson program uh, since the Bulldogs beat Harrisburg back in 2015, Wilson hasn't been able to take down Harrisburg. That's now uh, four consecutive losses dating back to 2018. Uh, You know, 2018 loss at Harrisburg in the playoffs, 2019 loss at home to Harrisburg on an untimed down, which I brought that back up to you, which you were like, I had blocked that one. I honestly, like, with not joking, I had blocked that one out of my memory. I had forgotten about that one. Um, And then, like, we're driving up there, and it's just like this wave of it coming back. I'm like, oh, gosh, like the gut punch feeling all over again. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and everyone knows what happened in 2020. And then 2021 comes along last year, and it was a really up and down season last year. But very fulfilling in the end to make it to even get to play Harrisburg in the district championship game. But back at Severance Field, we all know how that one ended, you know, 14 to 10. Uh, a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas, and you know, here we are a year later, and I feel like the same feelings exist. Yeah, the game played out a lot differently than last year's game, but I feel like there, there's a decent amount of overlap in in terms of that. Um, just you know, yeah, a lot of what ifs. Um, 
I think the the, the more one of, one of the different things last year to me was yes, it's painful because that was the district championship. But you also had those you had the win against York and then you had the extreme high of of beating Central York. Um in the in in the fashion that that game went and stuff like that, and this year just because of the the matchups, which again a lot of that has to do with your own stuff, but a lot of that has to do with other stuff too. It ends up being in the first round, um, which is tough because and we we talked this is not unique to Wilson and Harrisburg, but like there were a good six teams that we feel are capable of winning a district title in six A. Like that, we would give really good chances to, and the other two we would have given, like the puncher's chance. You know, Carlisle, it didn't it didn't work out for them. Yeah, but well, York, you saw again. Like if they can force you into a shootout, like you never know. Like right, they took Central York to the edge two out of the last three weeks, and the only right. week in between was a bye. And Central, it's not like Central York was giving up crazy points to the other games they played this year. They yeah. weren't. So like there was only one team really scoring against them this year, and it was York, and they did it twice. It'll be interesting to see how York William Penn responds next year without Stoner and, and oh, White in the yeah. backfield. I, I I don't you know I don't know the history of the program. Right. I, will they be able to bounce back? Do they have a lot in the system? I don't know. That's just one of the storylines I'm interested to see. I mean, I, maybe people were saying that about Central York this year using right. Garula and, and and all the athletes they had, including I think a few defensive stars. And look where they are this year. Right. You know, now ten and one, and in the semifinals hosting Harrisburg right. this coming Friday. The other semifinal matchup will be, as much as this probably pains Wilson fans, an all LL1 matchup between a rematch between Hempfield and Manheim Township at Hempfield Friday night. The Black Knights got the better of the Blue Streaks earlier this year in a close game. So we'll see if you know, history repeats itself. Yeah, or they, if, the last uh, two times they played, Hempfield has won 17 14. Yeah, Hempfield's won their last two in the series, and now none bigger than this with the right to host a district championship on the line for Coach Eager and Hempfield. Right. Central York probably really mad about the way things ended at the hands of the Bulldogs last year. Mm. Now are looking to go toe to toe with Harrisburg, who they have not played well against right. uh, either of, of late when, when they've met. And actually, I believe their former, was it their former head coach or the? Or was it? Yeah, it was York, right? It was um, Central York, right? Coach Oswald didn't he leave to go to Cumberland Valley? Went to Cumberland Valley, and he yes. was said, and he's like, our our league. He called out the York Adams League and was like, yeah. our league is not good enough to go up against right. these teams. When it gets well, to the playoffs, we we're essentially he didn't say this word for word, but he said we're being embarrassed right. when we get well, to the and playoffs. He was right. Like up until the last three years, the last three years, like twenty twenty last year, and now right. this season. It was he was he was right. Right, you would right. get a mixture of depending if they're five A or six A. Dallas Town, Red Lion, York, William Penn, and Central York. The four of them would rotate in one, two, or even three would make it into the playoffs, right. and they would all get bounced early. And usually, mercy ruled. Beat up pretty good. Like what was it? The one in we had a we had a good team, but like what Iggy had almost like three hundred yards. He had and six, like touchdowns six touchdowns in the first, in the first half. half. Right, right, because the team was begging Coach Doms to right. leave him in to, uh, I believe, set the the playoff right. record that right. was uh, held by Lashawn McCoy. Right, and so like, it's one of those. Now that has changed, and yes. really, it's changed not just with one school, but like Central York and York. Like I know York doesn't have the wins to show it for the last two years, but. That's a different York team than but they've those been previous years yes. in the playoffs. Yes. They've been putting up numbers. They've been proving that they deserve to be in the field. Right. But there have been so many years, especially when it was a, what, back in 4A when there were 16 teams making it, and you'd get three, four, five York teams in there, and they would all lose. I mean, there was an article, I think, after the 18 or 19 season, right. just listing like the York Adams. Right. Defeats. And it wasn't just the highest levels. It was like all the way through, except like once you got down to like 2A, like DeLone Catholic and York Catholic, some of those schools would win sometimes. But you're down at like 2A, you know, but like the upper levels, three and four, they had nothing to show for it. And they've turned a corner. So, uh, yeah. Congratulations to, to them. Uh, those are those are two very interesting semifinals. Oh yeah! Uh, if I wasn't uh, deflated that Wilson's not in it, I might be interested in going to watch one right. of those. Um, but it, it's time to uh, to relax and recharge the, yeah. this next weekend uh, leading up to Thanksgiving. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, so that, that's pretty much all we're going to talk about the remaining district teams. Yeah. I don't we have too much else to say. Um, I mean, by and large, I feel like, I, I don't know, at least for my personal interest, I'm interested in what Hemfield can do. And if I was looking to, you know, hitch onto someone, I would probably be doing that for Hemfield because despite that us losing to them this year, right? I like Coach Ager. Yeah. And they it's just a, a team that I feel like it's you been can building. get behind. Right. Like it's it's been building the way they man, that that Wilson Hemfield game. Uh, we've talked about it enough. Like it, it but it was a it was like a section one classic game, you know, like it really was. And they just won it, you know, like it, it wasn't that we lost it, that they went and won it. Um, and yeah, it's just interesting, you know, and it's someone else, you know, someone different, someone different. Yeah. Um, I, you look at it, you look at it, you've got recent district three winners in the other three teams. Right. Township has won it not all that long ago. Harrisburg's won it last year. And Central York has won it the year before that. Harrisburg's won it three of the last six seasons. Yeah. So they're looking for their fourth and seven. Yeah. Which is interesting because someone was talking about how, like, they used to be on that bubble between five and six. We, they had dropped down to five because that's where that's, we never ran into when Micah Parsons transferred right. from Central Dolphin to Harrisburg. Right. That was the end of Wilson facing right. Parsons. Because and Mifflin got were, that epic upset yeah, of them. Yeah, in the rain. Right. Um, and... But then they've been kind of firmly in 6A yeah, the last they, they few years. Yeah, they've bumped up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've we've played them, but they've – before that, what I was trying to say is, like, they were hit or miss with their success. Like, they, they were okay, but then they'd be – yeah, you know, but they were always the team behind Central Dolphin, sometimes behind CV, and then sometimes behind CD East, like, you know, or there with CD East, they were more on level with CD East. Like every now and then they'd have a really good team, but some years they'd be really shaky. Uh, but coach Everett has really kind of changed that. Well, like, well at, right. And he's been there a while now. He's yeah, been there yeah. over a decade. I actually might be closer to, it might be 12 years now. I, I can't remember. It's, it's right around there. It's right around that, that area, um, a decade ish in there. But honestly, I feel like the year that they got, Micah. Yeah, that was one. They kind of like turned, whether that coincident or not, they, right. those players were coming up in that program at the way that people move schools in the Harrisburg area is just because of the way this, the, you, you talk about the map of the Harrisburg school districts yeah. all the time. Well, I just know it's m- right. wacky. M- it's my, wacky. One of my dad's friends lives two blocks. I, I, it could be more than two blocks, but like essentially. Like next to Steel High High School, and his kids go to CD East. Right, it's just the the boundaries are there. Just right. it, it really, I mean, isn't there one where like the there are two sides? Yes, like the school district is split in two sides. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird, but Harrisburg has just become a machine. And you know, w- we talked just briefly about the the future and what's coming, what's going to happen with York. We know what's going to happen with Harrisburg because they have a lot of good players coming back next year. Now, Makai Hopkins will be moving on. He who rushed for over 150 yards against us yeah. yesterday. That felt like a little bit of deja vu, didn't it? Yesterday. It did, yeah. Uh, so he's moving on. Kyle Williams is moving on to Temple. Um, uh, Terrell Reynolds. I kept wanting to say Terrell Edmonds. As the, isn't there a, I mean, a professional football yeah. player by that? And I kept wanting to call him Edmonds, and I'm sorry. It's Terrell Reynolds, who only had five sacks yesterday, or I think it was five, four, five, something ridiculous like that. Uh, the three of them will be gone, but honestly, the guy that I felt hurt Wilson the most was Sean Lee Jr., Right. And he's back for not just next year, <laughs> but the year after that, too, because he was only a sophomore. So... Um, and, um, we, you know, we covered it with Jeff and Mike last week. Um, they're just their star players or their big players, the big names. And there were plenty of juniors, a, a sophomore, and even the freshman. Right. Um, now, the freshman receiver didn't hurt us too too well, badly. They didn't, they didn't pass a lot. Uh, they didn't throw a lot. They were able to convert very often on the ground with either Hopkins just making people miss and breaking arm tackles 
or Sean Lee improvising. And that was right. the biggest thing. That, they had three killer fourth down conversions yep. where you could have ended their drive. I, I don't know if they scored on all of those. And one, it might have actually happened in the same drive. I feel like two happened in the same uh, drive, but it was a touchdown drive. But it's just, you know, that's the frustrating part, not being able to tackle and then not getting off the field when you had that opportunity. Yeah. When you made three good stops to right. get them to four. And one of them, actually two of the three, I think, were fourth and six or longer. Yeah. And there was the, the, the fake punt conversion right. uh, that, was, that was in their territory. So, yeah, it's just a lot of what ifs um, and, and missed opportunities. Um, it, it's tough to win a game when you lose the turnover battle too. That's one of the biggest yeah. things that de- decides games is giving the ball away. Right. Um, now, the, the, And you can look at one of them, you know, kind of like as a wash. When you're looking at the game, you know, the, one, the first turnover with their only turnover – we ended up then getting the right. touchdown, and honestly, in terms of killing time, may have may have helped us a little it bit. Might have, but but y- you never know. But even if you you know you look at the benefit, then you still have two more. Basically, what it com- came down to is, I don't think you're going to find anyone who said that was really anywhere close to the best right. we we can or should have played yesterday. And when you have that in the playoffs. It's you're, tough to win. It's going to be problems, and when you have that in the playoffs at Harrisburg, you're probably not going to win. Right, and that's what it comes down to. Like I, I said to someone, I've been saying to a bunch of people, ask me today, kind of how it goes. You know what? Like the thing is, and we talk about this all the time. In probably seven of our games this year, that doesn't matter. I say, like playing that way in the Mannheim Township game playing that way in the Hemfield game, playing that way against Harrisburg. Those probably would have mattered. And you could throw in Roman Catholic, although you could also throw it in as it wouldn't have mattered. You know, like, but like, but in the other way. Right. <laughs> but like, honestly, the the other seven games, it it probably doesn't matter. You know what I mean? The little things. Um, but when it's Harrisburg, and right. you know what? And some of those, we, we got... Too, we had a, a fair share of long conversions on you know third and long and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so we had a fair share of those too, and that's where you saw some of the back and forth. It's just in the end, too many little things. Um, you know, it, it's just it's it's a tough pill to swallow because it's the end, right? You know, like it, well, yeah, you're right. And too many seniors now have walked off the field. Um, many <laughs> not for- to play. F- Right. play football again at least in this fashion in this right. manner definitely not for wilson like all, a bunch of them are going to play in college and that's great but everyone always says hey, especially so after college, it's so different and there's nothing like high school football right it's you just have such a connection to the players who many you've played with them for close to a decade Right. On the same field, the same teams. You're playing in front of your close friends and family in the community that has cheered for you for nearly that long too. Right. So it it is. It's nothing like that. So it's always a really, really disappointing, deflating feeling, and you always see it on the field uh, afterwards. And there's not much you can really say, right? Because I've been there. It's, right. It's, yeah. it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. Heartbreakers. You know. And but. On a separate but related note, I talk about like, but that's why it's awesome, you know, because you care, because of those things you put in, all those highs that you have, like, you know, it's tough to think of those on Saturday afternoon. It's tough to think of those the next day on Sunday. It's tough to think of those for quite a few days, you know, and next weekend when you're seeing the scores from the other games come in, like, it's tough. In the long run, yeah, that sting from that one still... You know, we talk about this all the time with people like you and me, like that last one, that sting stays there for a while. You know, that's just the way it is. But at the end, being able to like look back, we also remember lots of those good times too. And it's easier to do that when you're removed from it. Yeah, it'll <laughs> you know? take time. Right. Time cures all. But like being invested in it and having all those things is what makes it so awesome, you know? Oh, yeah. It, w- it, it makes it worth it. And to be honest, like... Yeah, Saturday didn't go how we wanted. It's been a lot of fun covering this team this year. Like, this team has been a lot of fun to cover. Um, You know, like, just 
some of the personalities and kids. And maybe that's just me having this more now too, where like I've known some of the kids longer. Right. Like you've had that longer than I have. Um, it's been a few years now where I've had, but like some of these kids, like I know through coaching and class, which mm-hmm. I didn't used to always have that. It was like, I knew some of them or some of them, you know, when we first started, I only knew them from the Friday nights. I didn't really know them at all outside of that. So I don't know. I, I, I've really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. As, no, as we've it's, done it, so. it's always a great time. I, uh, every year, like I love getting to Memorial day. Cause I just know yeah. that now like Wilson football is at the front of my mind. And when prepping for the season, you know, we got seven on seven in, in June and we, we have our summer bulldog hour where we're really like in yeah. the thick of it. And, you know, then July comes around and I start thinking, I was like, Oh, I got to start interviewing the senior players mm-hmm. and talk to the coaches. And yeah. So, uh, it's always rough when this the season ends and you hate to see those kids that you like that we coach. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to coach them for a year, then they went well, off to the freshman team, then we saw them for three years at the high school. Well, and I was I was talking to this is before, but like I was talking, you know, because as the season's ending, like you you start, start you you know that realization that like it could end at any at any game now, you know. After that township game, you realize it could end at any moment. And just in talking with my coaches, like it, it's also tough because, like, you know, as the coaches or we're, you know, and even just as like being there covering, like we are, we we have an emotional investment in it. Like we get into it, but we know, like, I get to come back next year. You know, right. like I, yeah. it, you know, if our schedules work out, if our personal lives are there, if it's still one of those priority things, like we we can do that. But like for the kids, that's not how it works you know they work their way through and then they're done mm-hmm. you know and yeah and and for a lot of them it's the first time they've experienced stuff like that you know like if they've if they've stopped playing other sports it's kind of been because of their choice whereas like for some of them it starts to become the realization that like but it's also in senior year and this happens for all the fall sports like that's how that's how it goes you know and it starts to be the last time through a lot of those things which, yeah um you know, I know, and I tell the kids at school all the time, like, I know, like, you get to a point in senior year where you're just ready to be done, but, like, don't wish the days away. Yeah. You know, like, like the, e- easy for me to say, old man, but, like, you know, just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, so. I mean, the by and large, the fall sports are over with, I believe. Only field hockey is still playing yeah, yeah. At, at Wilson. Huge they game have on a Tuesday, huge game I believe. Tuesday at Hamburg. Hamburg against Emmaus, who right. is only the number one ranked field hockey team in the nation. Right. Not, not the state, <laughs> in the nation. So um, Coach Underwood and her ladies have a huge task in front of them. But hey, hey. You, you win that game, and guess what? You're playing for a state title right. on well, Saturday. Hey, and look, like you just have to beat them once. Right. You don't have to. Right. It's not you just got to beat them once. Not best of three, best of five, best right. of seven. One and done. Be better so, on Tuesday. Right. Well, we got Win this. that day and, and move on. So good luck to the field hockey team on yeah. Tuesday. Don't want to forget uh, that at the end of the show. And, hey, Friday, winter sports start. Yeah. Basketball, wrestling, indoor track, uh, swimming. Yeah. What am I missing? <laughs> Did I get everything? Is bowling? Oh, we have is rifle. Bowl, bowling. Have rifle. Is bowling in the winter? Bowling, bowling. is in the winter. Yep. Uh, yeah, rifle. So... I'm sorry. I, there might be an indoor, there might be a winter cheer, cheer a uh, competition cheer. Competition I think, cheer. Yeah. So, uh, good luck to uh, all the all the student athletes participating in those sports, uh, especially you know you seniors. This is the last ride for that for many of you too. Yeah. So go out and and have fun. Um, one last thing before we get deep into the Harrisburg recap and then the season wrap up, Justin mentioned you know how much fun this team was, and I, I think it helps a lot, Justin, because we. By and large, knew all of the seniors. Yeah, I. That, it just hit me after I we talked right. about it. A I mean, bit. we've always known since since 2016 when you started coaching at, at West with uh with Anton and me. We've known the the class that would go through the high school. You know about half of it. Right, you know, right. You know about half the kids. We coached right. half of them at West. You know, we didn't know the Southern kids, but we get to know the Southern kids. Uh, it's fun. But back in the fall of 2018. Uh, West and Southern were combined and we were one team, one middle school right. team. And that is this group that's come up through Wilson high school now. So by and large, ex- unless they moved into the district right. after middle school, we knew all of them. Right. So this class, like we had personally coached and interacted with and knew 
as they went up through the system. So it's been that's a, a unique perspective for us to know most of the seniors for you know the last five years, four years. Um, so you know that that that's what sticks out to to remember this group in the long run, just because it, you know it wasn't. You know, oh well, you know, I only got to know him the last two years while he was at the high school. No, we knew these kids for the last four years. Right. Um, well really I guess really five years. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun. It's it was a it's a good group. It was uh it was fun to watch and uh they'll they'll be missed. I am looking forward to watching probably all of them or most of them in whatever sport they play, not just in the winter, but right. in the spring right. too. Yep. So there's a lot of uh Athletic competition left to watch these uh, football seniors participate. Just not not on the gridiron anymore, but they got a lot to look forward to because I know a lot of them play um, basketball, lacrosse, baseball, um, track and field. Right. I think there's some wrestlers in there. Yep. So a whole bunch of uh, stuff to come. But uh, we'll, let's take a quick look at the Harrisburg game and uh, just throw out some stats from the game for those of you that may be wondering – uh, offensively speaking, the game really went through junior quarterback Tommy Hunsaker. That's yeah. what they ended up having to really rely on Tommy. They couldn't get the ground game going directly with the running backs with the Cam or Cleveland. Uh, Cam ended up with uh, 34 yards. Uh, Cleveland just a single yard, only on two carries. But they couldn't get those two guys going right. at all. It just it just wasn't there for them. So ended up, um, you know, zone read or RPO action with Tommy, and that's where he made a kill. He had a a bunch of good runs, uh, you know, 15, 20, 25 plus yard runs, uh, be it by design or on scrambles. Uh, he was elusive, which he needed to be. Uh, he ended up rushing for 74 yards. Cam did get the one touchdown, but I mentioned the 34 yards. That was a big bummer as we were walking out of the stadium yeah. Saturday afternoon when you asked me how many yards did Cam need to get to 1,000 for the season, and I said 35. Yeah. And you said, oh, I don't know if he got that. Right, because I thought the number was a different You thought it was head. like 16 or I something thought it was like 16, that. Yeah. And uh, you, we have been giving the stat, the stat sheet, and you looked, and you said he got 34, and I I couldn't believe it. Um, that yeah, Cam Jones finishes the year with 999 yards, one yard shy of a thousand yard rushing season. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to say about that. That's yeah, just that's just unfortunate. That's unfortunate, it really is. Um, just to be so close to that that cutoff that that right. mile marker right. um so that's where we're at with rushing wise passing tommy was 13 of 22 for 223 yards two touchdowns i did say he got sacked five times though um which know, also hurt those rushing yards well totals, yeah he he that. lost 48 yards on the sacks which took away from his rushing total because he actually he gained 122 yards right. uh but he got sacked so many times that it that took away from him um his his rushing total uh the the two touchdowns both went to Eddie Case. Yeah. Uh and I didn't realize at the time but those were the only two catches that Eddie had. They both were for touchdowns and they were both really well-thrown balls, really yeah. nice passes from Tommy and really great catches by Eddie. Yeah. And, uh the first one was a sprawling catch in the end zone yeah. uh to give Wilson the lead right before halftime. Yeah. And then the second one was, was to give Wilson life near the end of the game. Yep. That he made a nice catch at I was like the seven and then was able to get into the end zone and you know made sure that the Bulldogs you know hadn't hadn't given up. Things were still going their way. But those were both catches for Eddie. Uh so he had sixty-eight yards receiving the two touchdowns. Um Austin Velukovic had four for sixty-two. Yeah, real nice game. Cam Jones including I think Austin was the receiver on one of the it was like fourth yes, and long. It and was. Yep. I, I don't know how many yards. So, but like in my head, if it was like if it was seventeen, it was. It was like, like I wanted to say it was eighteen. He, but it was, he went. He went one yard pet. Like what went, you don't see the pros do all the time. How they like go to the marker and work back a yard. He went like two yards past the marker, worked back, back yeah. a yard, and got the first down. Like it was really good catch. Right. Um, and 
that's either incredible football IQ, good coaching, or both. Yeah. Like something came into play there that he knew what needed to be done. Right. Whether he knew it or whether the coaches reminded him, you can't run a route to the sticks and then come back for the ball. If you're coming back for the ball, you better be past the sticks. He did it perfectly. Yeah. It was a really well job. That was the one that was thrown across the field. Yeah. Tommy rifled it across the field. It was a great throw, great time. Like to do that when they're clearly getting, able to get a rush often. Um, that was that was a big play. It was a really big play. Um, too little, too late, unfortunately. Yeah, Wilson yeah. did end up kicking an onside kick uh, that honestly was looked to be a, a very good attempt at an onside kick, yeah. but an unfortunate bounce. It bounced right into one of the guys running right. down the field right. before 10 yards. Right. Otherwise, you know, another yard or two, I think they might have gotten it. Right. And now you're talking about a completely different scenario right. because now the game at the time was, what, 26-21, I believe? I think so. You get that onside kick, you you're got the in ball business. at midfield. And right. you had just driven down the field. Right, right so down the field. They were on their heels. Yeah. And just, you know, game it, inches, it turned bad though. bounce. Right, because I think three plays later, they scored. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they they gave it to Hopkins uh, on you know, like a few plays back-to-back, grinding it out, and he had, ended up uh, rumbling 23 yards for a touchdown that essentially iced the game right. there. It was, was going to be tough to come back by – 11 points that late in the game. But, uh, yeah, so that that's the offensive side of the ball. I think it covered most everything. Um, single catches for Rafael Fernandez, Makai Cooper, and Cleveland Harding uh, from Tommy as well. Uh, I, uh, you know, we mentioned a little bit about Harrisburg, but just to uh, reinforce it, uh, Makai Hopkins rushed 23 times for 163 yards. He did not lose any yardage on any of his carries, which is crazy to me because he was constantly being met at the line of scrimmage, either by his own players, like running into their backs or by bulldog defenders. But every single time he managed to at a minimum get no yardage or a yard plus because he didn't lose any. He had 163 yards rushing two touchdowns. He's averaged seven yards a carry. Sean Lee, the quarterback, 15 carries for a hundred yards, uh, he did lose 16 on sacks, though, so he ended up netting 84, but he had a rushing touchdown. And then Kyle Williams, the uh, the playmaking uh, athlete for the Cougars, Kyle Williams had 11 carries for 70 yards and a score as well. So their three big offensive playmakers accounted for four touchdowns. Um, and then Sean Lee threw for one <laughs> as, right. as well. Um, so he was – you know, they didn't throw the ball a lot. They didn't really need to, but when yeah. they did – he was seven of nine for right. thirty-seven yards. Well, they didn't touchdown. throw the ball downfield. Like, no, it was it was quick outs. It was screens. Right? They didn't. They, they had didn't one test. downfield reception. I thought, but well, and the one that they thought they had got with, I believe it was the freshman receiver Elias Coke. I think his name is uh, over on our sideline. They were really mad because the one ref had ruled it as catch, and then he was. Uh, overridden by another uh, ref, and that was the right call. That was not a catch. Uh, I don't know if there is a video angle that you can tell. Yeah, I, I understand because I told you from where I was, right, you, you, you were couldn't on the Harrisburg see. Side right, line. you couldn't see it. To be honest, I thought he caught it, but he like didn't. again, I couldn't see that side. Right. I'm also watching through the screen, which makes it even yeah. harder to see. Well, I things. was standing right there, and right. I texted you right away. I was like, "Well, yeah. that was almost the second worst call <laughs> I've ever seen because." From our vantage point, you could clearly see that he had sort of pinched the ball with his hands, but it rolled along the turf as he was making the catch. He did not ever have possession of that ball along the ground. And thankfully, the referee that was up above us, closer to the line of scrimmage, came running down and and signaled to the other referee that he did not catch the ball. Because the ref right there called it a reception right and i i couldn't believe it yeah i couldn't i, I couldn't believe i it. knew it was gonna be interesting because i immediately saw the guy and I, I don't know maybe the line judge or i, 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 don't, I don't know I don't. running down waving it off like that was not a delayed thing it took him some time to get down there but like he was waving it off immediately well that was the right call and now i know the exact opposite happened in terms of the vantage point thing on eddie's right first touchdown right the diving one in the end zone, good coverage by Harrisburg. Yeah, but Tommy put the ball where it needed to be. Eddie went up and got the right. ball from the Eddie, pictures. Eddie, like the prototype receiver, right? Too. The, like they're able to go up and get it. The pictures I have 
show him making the catch, but right. his back is to me. Right. And, and I think the Harrisburg side was complaining that when he went to the ground, the ball maybe moved. Right. Again, I was I watching through it. the screen. I couldn't see it. I couldn't it. see like, it. So, but, um, but the ref was right there. there and I again. said that to you. Yeah. I said, well, I couldn't see it. His back was to me, but the ref was right there. Right. Of course, they might say that about the guy that I said was right there. <laughs> right. But again, I, you know, I said this to you after the game. You can't do this through text, but I understand why the ref on our side ruled the Coke reception, non-reception, a reception at the time, right. because his vantage point, looking at the player's face mask and hands, it looked as though he had caught the ball. Yeah. Because he couldn't see that the ball was r- along the, the turf. Right, right. Whereas from, you know, just 10 yards up the field where I was, where I was looking, and the rest of the Wilson sideline, and then the other referee, you could tell that he never had control. Right, right. So that's why, and I said to, uh, I think it might have been uh, Ryan Wolber and Justin Burke that were standing there with me, I said, and that's why you have multiple referees along the entire right. side. You know, we play middle school games with sometimes three refs should be four high school at a minimum you need five and i know burks uses six and i think in the playoffs a lot of them are six-man crews right, right. Um, so i was very thankful that they well, were in they the also use they use like officials for the chains chain, and everything chain that, which is because it gives them i know they don't usually aren't, aren't going to be talking to the people on the chain but it just gives them more people to kind of like talk through things i know early in the game and it was frustrating because it took a few minutes for them to, but like they talk through it. They make their, you know, like they get all those things ironed out, hopefully, the, and then they go with the call. The, the crew, I believe, was a York crew on the call, uh, the referees. Yeah. It was a rough, I felt like it was a rough first half for them. Yeah. I don't remember them being much of a factor in the second half. No. And I feel like, you know, there were a lot of, a lot of the penalties, and there were a decent number of penalties, a lot of the penalties were pre snap penalties, which right. are, yeah, which not, are, should be easy. Right. Right. Like, you know, when you jump off sides, like it's pretty clear. Like <laughs> there was, I, I don't, I don't want to get into officiating, and I'm not blaming no, the officials no. for anything. I, I, I don't want to put this on the air because I don't want to get anyone yeah, yeah. in anyone in trouble. But I, I talked to one of the Wilson coaches who had asked one of the referees a question, and the response left him like in shock at what was said. Uh, so I, I will tell you that off yeah, the air. I, I don't want that on, on the record. But when he relayed it to me then, I was like, are you serious? That was the response you got? But Well, maybe it was like uh, when we got home. And this is just me speculating and throwing in a Penn State reference here. When we were watching and the guy, the color commentator on the Penn State game yesterday goes, well, that – I agree with that no call because it was a bad route. Like it shouldn't get he shouldn't <laughs> get pass interference. Like, honestly, that's essentially what right, it's going to be about. Right, it's right. essentially like well, what, when you do or don't make a call. Well, funny, when it came down, my dad to was in the car what? and was listening to the Maryland feed for that, Ooh, and that the, the Maryland announcers were like, "That was pass interference." <laughs> Well, I said, I was like, that was passer. How do you not call right, that? It right. doesn't matter that you don't like the, the way he ran the route against right. man coverage. Maryland hey, announcers. Pass is pass Maryland announcers are basically like, oh, we'll we take it. Got but away with he that got one. there early. <laughs> yeah. He definitely did. It wasn't that close either, but whatever. We're not here to talk about Penn State. So uh, defensively speaking for the Harrisburg-Wilson game yesterday, Wilson's leading tacker was senior linebacker Landon Farrell. He had 10.5 total, 9 solo, uh, 1 for loss, obviously not against Mackay. must have been against Sean or Kyle. Uh, he did force the fumble, uh, the yeah, Kyle Williams yeah. fumble at, at midfield after the Wilson turnover. That was a good hustle play. Uh, great play. Yeah, Landon was flying around, and he led the team in, in tackles, and he had one of uh, the Wilson sacks as well. Up next, a familiar name here when we go over defensive yeah. stats, senior linebacker Nick Krakona had nine total tackles, eight solo, and two assisted. Uh, senior defensive end Nick Weitzel, uh, seven tackles, one for loss, and one sack. Um, and... Uh, Ryan McMillian, junior linebacker, had five. Uh, senior safety, Nate Capitano, had four and a half. Uh, junior safety, Eddie Case, had three. And the fumble recovery on the uh, the feral force fumble, Eddie came up with that one. So big plays yeah. from, from Eddie Case. Uh, and to uh, to give out our final award, I think there's no better place to go than to with uh, – the junior wide receiver and defensive yeah. back for uh, his play yesterday at Harrisburg. The two big catches for touchdowns on the throws from Tommy Hunsaker and then the fumble recovery 
uh, and his contributions on the defensive side. Um, he, he did leave the game early uh, with an injury, and we wish him the best and hope uh, that he uh, has a speedy recovery. I haven't heard any updates about that, um, but I hope, uh, I hope Eddie's okay and, and ready to go, and it will be a, a boon for the Wilson uh, football team next year to have him back in the fold. Yeah, absolutely. That was one, you know, you, you try and things didn't go their way. And I know we've got plenty of episodes to talk about that, but Eddie, Eddie and Austin played really well yesterday. I thought, um, and that, that's good. You know, you like to see that, um, you know, having some of those weapons for Tommy, uh, coming back. Yeah. So, but anyway, like, I know we've got plenty of time to talk about that, but well, yeah, yeah Eddie, say, Eddie we're really, gonna do that. We're Eddie, gonna go Eddie that. really, uh, Eddie really did make a few really big plays in the game. And, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's all right and uh, you know has some time to get better here. And uh, I think that I think we pretty much covered the the stat portion that we wanted to mention. Um, again, the 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 defense was led by Terrell Reynolds for Harrisburg. He had four sacks himself. Another one came from on, from linebacker Timon Maxwell. Amir Jones had five tackles. Granberry had four. Uh, he also forced the fumble. Amir Jones had two pass breakups, and I believe the two interceptions. What? Yeah, there they are. Were Zakai Lewis. So if you remember that those names sound familiar, it's because it's all the names we mentioned last week. Right. Like these are the players to know: well, Reynolds, and- Jones, Granberry, Lewis. I didn't even mention Ryan Epps here, but he had two tackles for loss. Um, and Damone Maxwell, literally everyone that we mentioned last week, all were big time players for Harrisburg. Yeah, yeah. We I mean, shouldn't be surprised; they've been doing it all year, right? And like, not to be, there's only like thirty some guys on the roster. Right, so like thirty three is what right, you told me. I, you and that was a yeah rough count trying to count as they ran out. It was low thirties, um, but man, their guys, they they can play. Yeah. So obviously they're 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 gonna go through um, attrition from graduation losses, but when when you have when you have Sean Lee Jr. back at quarterback, they're always gonna be a problem. So yeah. you know, I'm sure after the loss in 2018 thought, and 2019, we were thinking, man, maybe this is last year. Last up, year but. there were times where like he seemed like maybe a little flustered. Uh, he still played really well, but like he seemed maybe a little flustered or you know like fresh. He seemed really poised yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like they, nothing phased him. He he was. He was ready to go. I, I'm very curious to see how that Harrisburg Central York game goes. I'm yeah. interested to see yeah. uh, who comes out on top of that. I, yeah. I, if you had to make me pick, honestly, I think if you were like pick the winner of those two games, I, I might say Harrisburg Manheim Township. Yeah, I just look. Yeah, I'd probably pick Harrisburg. I'm. I'm not picking who I necessarily want to win. No, no, either no. Game. But I, I think I, I with Harrisburg, I'm kind of in that mindset. We talk this all the time when we talk about like our pro teams or our college teams and stuff. Like, I'm gonna stick with them until you show me something different, right? Like, um, and then on the other side, like it's really hard to beat a team twice in a season. It's really hard to beat them three times in a row, and that's a little bit of a rivalry there. Like, I just township. That well, yeah, that that's gonna be a, a crazy. I think that could be a really good game. Yeah, well, I just think of it. I know we started by saying like any of the eight teams could have won for certain. I felt the top sevens, any top seven seeds, anyone could Which come would be out. Really interesting if it was Township Harrisburg because that would lead to another rematch, right? And I, but it, at, even at this point, when you're resetting the field, there's four teams left. If you said you can have Harrisburg or the field, I'm taking Harrisburg. Yeah, you know we we saw him field, we saw Township. I think from Didn't a, see ta- from a York, talent but, standpoint, there's just so many weapons, right? Um, and, and both I, sides, I, like, I know, and it's the same guys, but both sides of the ball. And we we mentioned it on the show last week, but for anyone that didn't listen or, or forgets, yes, man, I'm Township beat Harrisburg at Harrisburg in week three, but Coach Everett wasn't there, right. and you can tell by the way that Harrisburg op- operates that he. Obviously, this is not. This shouldn't be like breaking news. But the head coach matters, right? Like, I, I right. This isn't. This isn't like, and I'm not that it wouldn't, but like, this isn't like major, like college football or even the NFL. But even there, like, it does. But like, it's not like you have completely separate whole staffs which are coming up with game plans independent of the head coach. I mean, I, I know a little bit of that happens with some of the big time high school programs, but like, you know what I mean, like. 
you still have the head coach who's calling th- you know a lot of the shots but like he's he's what makes that machine work <laughs> yeah um and yeah you can you can imagine and it was early in the year you know and and Township scored with four seconds left. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, they nearly won. They were yeah. nearly won without Coach Everett there, and now uh, he's there and has them clicking. And uh, you know they're they're a dangerous program. They are have just really come into their own. You know, we saw flashes of it you know, ten years ago now, where Wilson played them twice, you know, right. lost a little bit. Like people, well, I think, were shocked that Wilson lost in week two in twenty twelve to Harrisburg, and then thankfully for us, you just mentioned it's tough to beat a team twice in a year. Yeah. We rebounded and, and and took it to them in the district championship it's, game that year. I know it's of no consolation to Wilson, but like every team we lost to this year is still playing. It's, yeah, true. But you, the same is true for Harrisburg, and they only lost to two teams. <laughs> yes, like, also true. Right. So, like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, overall, statistically, total offense was fairly even yeah. Wilson ran 50 plays gained 332 yards Harrisburg ran 59 plays gained 349 yards Wilson did most of their damage it was a little more balanced than Harrisburg but um believe it or not through the air like that kind of in yeah. contrast to the way the rest of the season went but Harrisburg gained 312 yards on the ground uh, and it was uh, Wilson's inability to stop him especially Mackay Hopkins throughout the game and Sean Lee on these like key moments those key downs a third or fourth down Which conversions i know that sounds it's hard to say that last year because they, they only scored 14 points but right. it felt in terms of how it felt like makai hopkins and then sean lee when they needed it you know like and that's what it felt like on saturday makai hopkins and sean lee when they needed it you know yeah. like it, it felt very similar even though the games were kind of opposites you know like they were very yeah. different games it felt really similar yes it did yes it did it kind of fits right into the other three games that we've been talking about you know 2018 yeah. Harrisburg jumped out to like a 30 nothing lead win like six minutes because of turnovers right and and that game and then we talked about it on the way up and then Wilson played them really evenly the rest of the game right because I think the final score was like 36 to 12 or something yeah. like that. But they got 30 points in the first six or eight minutes of the game. Uh, multiple multiple turnovers. That was a bitterly cold and windy game. So that one got out of hand quickly. Then 2019, back and forth, literally the last play of the game decided it. Last year, just a low-scoring slugfest. And then this year, almost more of a shootout. So it's kind of – we've seen it all now in, in the last – four of the last seen five enough. years, these seen games. Enough. They've all been Cougar wins, so I'm done with that. We need to move on uh, and get over that that hump. But, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the 2022 Wilson football season. That's the end of uh, the playoffs uh, for Wilson. But I, I think the last thing we want to do, you know, we talked about – player of the game at Harrisburg being junior uh, wide receiver, defensive back, Eddie Case. Uh, But we also have been giving out our player of the year, and I I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone that the 2022 MVP uh, presented by us here at the Bulldog Hour is senior athlete. I didn't know what else to call him because do it all. Everything Cam Jones this past season. Uh, he, you know, last year, you heard Mike Drago say last week, he was in all league selection at four different positions, which could, could you even get more than that? I mean, maybe right. if you kicked, I guess right. you'd have to probably be the kicker too, uh, to get five. He probably could. Like, we're, we're probably, <laughs> probably could don't, don't need him to. So, uh, it would be hard. I he, I know he snaps for the punts, not he used sorry. to, he did, he did, sh- he did yesterday. Oh, did he? Yeah, he long snapped for the punt yesterday. Oh, I missed yeah. that. Um, but, like, it would be hard to snap and kick. But, you know. yeah, but oh, yeah. if anyone could right. do it, Cam might be <laughs> able to do it. Yeah, so, I mean, a phenomenal season from Cam. Uh, 999 yards rushing uh, for him on the season. Um, many, many touchdowns. I think I just closed out. Uh, no, you know, I do have the season to date stats up. Let me pull that up. All right, where are you at? Somewhere. Oh, there you are. Too many tabs open. All right. So Cam for the year uh, had 
he gained 1,019 yards. Unfortunately, he lost 20 to leave him at a net 999. Uh, 20 rushing touchdowns for him. He also returned six punts for 358 yards and five touchdowns. So we're up to 25 touchdowns total. He also threw a touchdown. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> 26 uh, touchdowns and also had a receiving touchdown. So 27 touchdowns on the season for Cam Jones, 26 uh, in the stat sheet uh, as a rusher, receiver, returner, and then one as a quarterback, which just came two weeks ago at Manham Township that went to Nick Weitzel. So uh, phenomenal, phenomenal season from Cam and uh, huge shoes left behind to fill for next year. Uh, but congratulations to Cam on a great season and look forward to seeing him on the uh, the basketball court now starting this Friday. And I'll, I'm hoping to get to a few games in December, January, February uh, to watch Cam and his teammates play some play some hoops. So, but speaking of next year and trying to fill the fill Cam Jones's shoes, you know, you you mentioned it uh, a bit about you started talking about you know who was coming back and. You know, you started mentioning a few names, specifically Eddie Case, our player of the game from Harrisburg, and Austin Blukovich, both back. That's not all, no, uh, especially on the offensive side yeah, of the ball. Yeah, there's a lot. So we're 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 thankful for everything that happened in 2022, uh, but we always do give a quick preview of 2023 just to give an idea of people what's coming back, uh, what returning talent is is there. And, and there is a lot for, for Wilson. You lose Cam Jones, huge. Was, <laughs> yeah. I, I, 27 touchdowns contributed. I know, like, in college and stuff, you always see those stats of, like, percentage of offense, like, lost. You know, like, whew, that would be a big percentage. <laughs> yeah, that would be a big one uh, for sure. But positively speaking, your quarterback is back. Yeah. Tommy Hunsker now has a season under his belt. Right. Uh, he has operated the team all 11 games, so he returns. You have the aforementioned Eddie Case and Austin Blue. And I feel like it's been a little bit since we've had a returning quarterback. Um, yeah, I guess it would. Well, Caleb in 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so not that long ago. So not, not super long ago. Uh, just However, the, in some ways, 2020 does feel like a long yeah, time ago. Right, yes. Yeah, so it, it was recent and a long time ago. Uh Brady Klein at tight end yeah. back for year three. And then you also have four of your five offensive linemen returning, which yeah. that cannot be overlooked. That That's a huge deal. That's one of those things that can make or break a team. And when you have four returning offensive linemen and a veteran quarterback, plus a cup three of your offensive weapons at the receiver, well, that's a good start. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a good start. Um, and that, so right now, I guess you could say eight of eleven guys are, are back. Now, uh, running back will be you know toss up because we mentioned Cam's gone. Cleveland graduates as well, so that you'd expect the job to fall to uh, Amir Wellmacher, Nick Fiorini, and Corral Akings. Uh, right, the, would be the three the, off three the top guys, of my head. Right, that's all carries at least in some times this right. year. Yeah. Um, Christian Duarte Diaz also could be in the mix there. So there's there's four guys um, that had some experience, not a lot of late. Early in the year, they saw a little bit more time, and there are also injuries that prevented a few of them from playing in a few games. But those are the four names right now that would have to fill the void at running back. And uh, offensive line, you're in a good position too because uh, you have uh, Jack Dendel back. Yep. You have... Uh, Logan Kurzweig back, possibly at center, but they could move him to, right, to guard. Right. You have A.J. Matta back at uh, tackle. And you have uh, Ryan McMillan, who was converted to offensive line this year, back at guard if you, if you want him there. I don't know where else he would play on offense if they would need him to fill in like an H-back or a hybrid tight end role, where, kind of where he was before because right. uh, – very few teams line up in the eye and use a fullback. That's probably where Ryan would fill in really well, but they're not, that's not the type of offensive system they use anymore. So he was moved to offensive line and performed very well there. He's back. So you only have trying to replace Brendan hop multi-year starter. So pretty big <laughs> right. loss there, but you had guys that filled in because of injuries 
uh, right, or for whatever spots. reason right. at at line this year. Uh, and two of the ones that stand up or stand out are, are Reiniger and Geloso. Both of those guys played meaningful, meaningful varsity snaps right. along the offensive line this year. And both of those are sophomores. And both right? of them are sophomores. Right. So I would expect one of them to fill in at whatever offensive line spot is up for grabs. Uh, so a lot of, a uh, lot of experience coming back on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to figure out who the, the guy is at running back and who is the go-to playmaker on, on the offense. Uh, right now you've got to think it, it's going to fall on Tommy to be the guy with the type of offense they're yeah. running in the, 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 the read and the RPO type stuff that they're doing. Uh, and Tommy has shown that he's able to handle that with his athleticism. So having him back for another year is just just phenomenal. So if they can get a couple playmakers to step up and have a good year from the returning receivers, there's a lot of promise there. Defense is another story. There's a, a big big voids being left by this departing senior class. Yeah, uh, you're losing both cornerbacks in Cam Jones and Rafael Fernandez. You're losing one of the safeties in Nate Capitano. Eddie Case will be back at the other safety spot. I know they're very high on Adam Woods at safety, so he could possibly be stepping in there for the departing Capitano, depending on how things shake out there. Uh, I don't even want to g- get into who could step up and play the cornerback spots. Right. Um, but defensive line, lots of hits along the defensive line. You know, I already mentioned Brendan Hopp on the offensive line. You're losing him on the defensive line too. Uh, Nick Weitzel, who is the most experienced uh, edge rusher at defensive end, you know, mo- two year starter contributor as a sophomore. He he's gone now. Um, you're losing Taj yeah. uh, at defensive tackle, and Cassius. You're losing Isaiah Cassius uh, along the defensive line as well. So got to find guys to step up. Now we talked about having all those guys on the offensive line. Obviously those guys can play defensive line too. And we know that Kurzweig has been in there along the defensive line. Um, Mata played snaps on the defensive line. So did uh, Reiniger. Dendel was kind of used sparingly depending on the the situational thing, but those guys might be asked to do more. Uh, You just, you don't like to see your linemen that many of them going both ways. You want to keep them, Fresh, so hopefully there's some guys, some underclassmen that can step up and fill the line, uh, the void along the defensive line from the departing uh, seniors. Uh, but a linebacker, you're losing Landon Farrell, who's yep. the leading tackle tackler from the Harrisburg game. You're losing your season leading tackler in Nick Krakona at linebacker. He's gone as well. Um, Ryan McMillan is back. Uh, Nick Fiorini is back. He saw time at linebacker. Jackson Wagner. Jackson Wagner. He was back. Right. He missed the first few games uh, to start the year, but he played a lot. So he'll be back. Um, So McMillan, Wagner, Fiorini. And then I expect um, Christian Duarte Diaz to also have a role in the linebacker core as well because he um, played uh, in the Roman Catholic game and he was a key tackler contributor on special teams. uh, And he will only be a junior. So, yeah. and those are the names uh, to, to watch out for. So uh, uh, there's more gaps, it seems, on defense or more unknowns yeah. uh, at this point on the defensive side than on the offensive side. And um, you know, the biggest is replacing Cam in all three phases. Right. you got offensive playmaker and weapon, a defensive shutdown corner. I mean, teams barely threw his way. Yeah. He didn't have much defensive statistics because – the ball was barely on his side of the field. Just look at that Mannheim Township game. Like, and we don't, we can say it now because we're not going to face him again. But like, right. when he started traveling in the second half, they didn't even throw didn't to even the kid who tore us apart. Yeah, like early in the game. Right. Yeah, they they stopped throwing to him because it was there, and like it seemed like Harrisburg was. If Cam was out, they were running, and if he was like in or on the other side, they were going away from him. Mm-hmm. Too like not just with the passes but with the runs they were going away from Cam a lot and uh, and then obviously in the return game you're not going to find a guy that can take five five punts back to the house right. on just six attempts right like that's 
nearly impossible. I would say it is impossible, except we saw it this year. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's no disrespect to Eddie, who'll be back, because if they use him as a right. kick return or a punt returner, he's already proved that he can mm, do it. Right. It's just, I think trying to get him to be Cam is asking a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. So we had Eddie... And then Makai had a kickoff return. Kickoff return for touchdown, and yeah. Cam had some. So, like, between the three of them, we had three guys return things for touchdowns? Yes. Makai, Eddie, and Cam all had return touchdowns. Three three different guys that have special team returns for touchdown is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. It'll be interesting. I mean, I... Eddie or whoever else is back there, you know, we saw um, Carell Akings take um, yeah. field some kickoffs, I believe. I think he actually also was the punt returner when they yeah. put the, the yeah. JV yeah. in. Um, and he was only a freshman this year. So it'll be interesting because Wilson special teams are going to have more opportunities. Now they don't have the, the cam cloud hanging over the opponent's head. I feel like you can't kick to him. Right. So they're going to get more opportunities at least to start the year. Right. So we already know that they can handle it, though, that they can take it back to the house. So. Well, and if the guys buy in and block like they did, like we talked about it and the coaches and Cam would always point out, like setting those walls, if they buy into it like that, uh, yeah, hopefully we can keep some uh, – some get some more dynamic plays in, in that uh, realm as well. All right. So for the last time, we want to do our housekeeping here at the end of the show. Didn't do it earlier, so we're going to do it now before we sign off. I do want to thank our sponsors for Season 8 of the Bulldog Hour. Appreciate our show is presented by Mays Sandwich Up. And thank my dad, Bill Mays, for being here with us from the start, not just this season, but also in seasons past, dating all the way back to 2015 when this all got started. The rest of our Season 8 sponsors were as follows. Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com just had him on last week on the show. Appreciate him uh, stopping by, as well as uh, Jeff Reiner for joining us last week, too. Uh, the Hop family, Andy Herr, who we didn't we didn't catch up with Andy this year. No, disappointing. We, we That'll make them. it even better next year, then. That's right. Uh, and our six anonymous donors, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Uh, sticking with us here and all the kind words that everyone has uh, said to us via email, social media, or in person. Uh, Justin and I really ap appreciate hearing that. Um, and it'll, it'll never not be funny to us when people recognize us and be like, you're the guys from the Bulldog Hour. Yeah, or, you guys are from that show. Oh, I recognize your voices. Right. You yeah, know? that was. We, that we was always funny. get a good laugh out of that. So we really do appreciate all of you that have supported us um, in whatever fashion it may be. And, uh, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're planning to be back here for season nine in 2023. And then I'll be uh, just around the corner because we always do our first episode just a week or two after the Super Bowl in February. You know, we'll do a winter update. We'll, you know, we might talk about a little bit about other uh, Wilson sports, how the winter sports are going. Because at that point, you're in counties or maybe even in districts right. for, uh, for all those sports. And uh, last year, we had Jim Berkman on from Spotlight yeah. Burks, and he kind of went through uh, how things went throughout the uh, winter season. So that was a lot of fun. But uh, we'll be back to talk Wilson football. Uh, so what is that, about three months, three and a half months? And, uh, yeah. You know? We're, we're, Justin and I are always talking about it in some capacity. Yeah, well, so. we, we we joke that like, oh, we just sat down and record the conversations we were already having. Yeah. It's, we're not exaggerating. Like, It might be a little bit more colorful or emotional. We try to keep it. Well, and there are certainly things <laughs> to talk about off the air that we don't talk about on the air. Like I'll talk about the thing that, that the refs have <laughs> with the refs. Or our, or our quick errand we had to run before the game. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> or your new addiction to Popeye's. Yeah, Popeye's chicken. Yes, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we get to run errands. Yeah, all good stuff. So if you're looking to, to uh, help us out here at the Bulldog Hour, the sponsorships, advertising, kind donations are great. Uh, we do also appreciate you visiting BulldogHour.com for all things Wilson football. And then continually and always, Justin's favorite. Yeah, like and share. It's also a good way to stay in touch. Uh, so, you know, these weekly shows, you, you kind of know when they're coming. But um, liking and sharing can help uh, kind of keep those things in your feed uh, for in a few months when uh, we uh, come back and start to, you know, lay the groundwork for uh, the 2023 season. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. And season nine of the show. We're getting really close to double digits on seasons of this show. Yeah, we've been we've been podcasting. Justin and I have been podcasting for nearly twelve years now, but we're finishing year eight of the Bulldog Hour. That's crazy. That's crazy. 
Think about it, the kids who are freshmen our ah, first year yeah. out of college. No, yes, they are. That's, you had to say that, huh? So, all right. Well, again, thank you, everyone, for a great year on this show and a great year at Gursky and around Burks, Lancaster, Lebanon, and Midpen counties. Yeah. Um, we are excited to be back again, again in a, a few short months. And before you know it, you know, the holidays will be over. It'll be springtime. Yeah. And then uh, it'll be it'll be August. Oh, and all of a sudden, we'll be right back here right. for season nine. Right. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep the content coming. We'll have at least two or three shows in the off season, usually every other month to keep, uh, you know, to feed that Wilson football appetite that we all know that is yeah. uh, prevalent in the community. Yeah. Also, just real quick, thank you to the coaching staff for we, when we address this kind of at the beginning of the year, when we do some of the interviews and things, but they kind of give us the access that obviously it, we, we could do it without that, but it wouldn't be the same, you know? Um, but the access they allow us and uh, the interactions we get to have with them, um, kind of allow us to do the show the way we like to do it, which is um, a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, we will definitely be having them back on the show. We always do the preseason interviews, but it was fun. This past year, we had uh, coach defensive back coach Jamie Sands on the show where we talked about the greatest running backs in right. recent history. Uh, defensive coordinator Ernie Wolver jo- joined me over the summer uh, to do a little one-on-one session. Uh, I think that was in Ju- June or July. I think it was uh, in June. I think it was supposed to be in June, and I think it got delayed oh. to July. Um, but yeah, you know they they've been gi- giving us uh, great access and are, have never said no to anything. No. Or if it's I, it's a, if it's a no, it's I can't do this now. Can we do it then? Right. It's never right. a no. I don't want to do that. So right. we do appreciate uh, their support as well. So anything else from you, Justin? Um, no, that pretty much sums it up. Um, you know, it didn't end the way we want, but it, it, it's tough. You know, like when when you're when you're good. And you're going to make playoffs like Wilson does. You know, it, a lot of years it's going to end the way way you don't want it to. But, you know, that's it's all part of kind of uh, what you sign up for. And, it, you know, it's tough right now, but it, it'll get better. And, uh, you know, really proud of the way the guys kind of came together this year and really fought hard. Yep. So. Excellent senior class. Uh, great, great group of young men. Looking forward to following their careers uh, through – the rest of the high school, and then you know, we always love when they come back to visit. We love seeing yeah, the guys when they come back, uh, you know, in college and after. You know, yep. I still talk to some of the, the guys that I coached in my first, you know, one, two, three years at Wilson, yep. first at Central, and then at now at West. Uh, you know, it's great. It's these the, the kids don't just get lost or disappeared. Like it's right. it's awesome when they come back and you can talk, especially when it's far enough removed, and now you're just like they're just one of you know. They're just a friend or a colleague, you know, if you start coaching with them. Right. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, congratulations to this, uh, this group of Wilson football players. And uh, we look forward to uh, the years to come. Yep. All right. So that's it for season eight of the Bulldog Hour. We'll be back for season nine in February 2023. Uh, for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.